Samuel 17 and verse 42. It says, And when the, the Philistine... <laughs> I, can't, I can't read the Word of God with Bishop and Beanie here. I was listening back to all the podcasts, and I have a hard time reading that first scripture because I end up looking at Bishop and laughing or start saying my my or something so we're going to get through this first samuel 17 42 and when the philistine <laughs> looked about and saw david mm-hmm, man after god's own heart he disdained him mm, for he was for he was only a youth hello somebody he was only a youth and uh let's see here and he was good looking how many young men received that? Come on. He was a youth, and he was good-looking. And all the young men said, Amen. Amen. All right. So the Philistine came to David. He says, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. In verse 44, And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. You should say that to your teacher next week when she gives you your test. That would bless her heart. And you're going to get expelled if you say that. So, verse 45. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and with a spear, but I come to you. Oh, I done, I done already preached and nobody said nothing. But I come to you. Why? Because God's butt's bigger than... Oh, you guys don't remember that? Because God's butt's bigger than... Okay, all right. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you defiled. Verse 46, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. Mm -hmm. And this day I will give the carcass of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And let's jump down to verse... 49. Then David put his hand in the bag and took out a stone and he slung it and struck the Philistine in the forehead. So the stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face. And verse 50. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Can I get an amen? Amen. Let's look over at 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians. You guys are funny to preach to right now. I'm going to try to stay focused. 1 Corinthians 15. First Corinthians 15. Haas is from Oxford University tonight. <laughs> Flew all the way over from London to come visit us. God bless him. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 10. Is Paul speaking? under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit it says but by the grace of God I am what I am underline that please because that, that's going to be a key to the night by the grace of God I am what I am and his grace toward me was not in vain but I labored more abundantly than they all yet not I but the grace of God which was with me Verse 11, therefore, whether it was I or they, so we preached and so you believed. But notice that, by the grace of God, I am what I am. Can I get an amen? So if you're taking notes, the title of my message is, who are you? Look at your neighbor and say, who are you? Who are you? 
Look at your other neighbor and say, who are you? Look at your neighbor and say, you're a nerd. That's who you are. So the title of my message is, who are you? And tonight we're going to be talking about identity. It's important that you get a hold of this message of identity and who you are in Christ. And the sooner you get a hold of this message, the better your life's going to go. And a lot of us as young people, we struggle with this. Who are we? What are we here for? And this is a time in your life that a lot of you could feel insecure. How many know if you don't get settled when you're young who you are, you'll still be struggling with the same thing when you're 30 years old and 40 years old and 50 and 60 and 70 and it will affect your marriage and it will affect your children and it will affect your whole life if you don't figure out who you are and I'm talking about so much more than just your name I'm going to ask you yeah I know who I am I know my name I know my middle name I know my last name that's not what I'm talking about I'm talking about who you are you know that's a question that a lot of us have to ask ourselves some of us are still asking us that that question you're asking other people that question they can't answer that question for you you know there's so many people especially in our society today and it's been like this forever but it escalates that are insecure that are afraid that don't feel accepted they don't feel loved why because they don't know who they are hello somebody they don't know who they are. And especially as young people, we got to figure this out because out of all times in our lives that the enemy tries to bombard us with this question, who am I? What am I going to do with my life? I feel insecure. I'm not as pretty as everybody else. I'm not as tall as everybody else. I don't have a, the same gifts and talents as everybody else. You're struggling with insecurity. You're afraid. You feel like people don't accept you, don't love you the way you, you want to be loved. But that's an identity issue and you don't have to keep asking those questions the rest of your life can I say that tonight you don't have to keep asking those questions who am I I'm insecure I'm afraid I don't feel loved I don't feel accepted because there's somebody who accepts you there's somebody who loves you unconditionally and it's a love and an acceptance that cannot be shaken Everybody else's love and acceptance of you can be shaken. Your parents' even love and acceptance of you can be shaken. Your friends, your family, the people you work with. But there is a love and an acceptance that cannot be shaken. That's why you have to base your identity of who you are in Christ, of who you are in God. Your identity has to be based in God and God alone. If it's based in anything else, it will be shaken. If it's based in anything else, you'll be up and down the rest of your life. I said this last week. You will be emo believer the rest of your life. You'll be just like the world. Depressed one week, happy the next week. Why? Because your joy, your peace, your identity is based in things and not God. It's based in people and not God. And the sooner you figure this out, the better. You know, it's funny I'd preach about this this night while I was, I was thinking about something that went along with nerds. Nerds have identity crisis issues. Of anybody in the, the social uh, genres that are at high schools and colleges and middle schools, nerds seem like they have the roughest time out of everybody. I mean, the jocks beat up the nerds. The preps talk bad about the nerds. 
You got, you got the rest of the, the artists and the indie hipsters that talk down to the nerds. And the nerds are kind of just, they just get verbally abused and physically abused by everybody else at school. And if anybody, they could feel insecure and insignificant. Now, be honest when I ask you this question. Now, how many of you, and not, not maybe you used to be, maybe you still are a nerd. Raise your hand. Be honest. Be honest. Maybe you don't look like a nerd, but deep down on the inside, you know you're, you're a nerd on the inside. See, I knew I was speaking to some people tonight. All right, you guys can put your hands down. So each one of you that raised your hand is getting a massive wedgie after the service. So did everybody see the hands up? Okay, let's take middle notes because you're going to get a massive wedgie before the night's over. So you need to know your identity and who you are. Here's a quick definition of uh, what identity is. Your identity is what you get your self-worth or your self-value from. That's your identity. What do you get your self-worth and self-value from? I can't answer that question for you. You have to answer that question yourself because some of you in here get your identity from your family. And it's awesome. You love your family, but, but your identity can't be based in just your family. Like I could say... Oh, my identity's my value and worth is based on my family because I'm from a pastor's family. I can't, I can't base it on that. Or, I, or I'm basing it on this because I'm a certain color. Your value and identity can't be based in your color or in your family heritage. It can't be based in your job. A lot of people base their identity, self-worth, self-value in their job. So if they make a lot of money, they feel valuable, they feel worthy. If they don't make a lot of money, they don't feel valuable, they don't feel worthy. Why? They're getting their identity from their job. So if they're not making a lot of money, if their job's not going well, they feel insecure, they feel afraid, they feel unloved, they feel unaccepted by everybody. Why? Because their identity is based in that. Some of you in here might qualify for the next one. I didn't mean to step on toes, but some of you get your identity from a girl or a guy. You can't get it from a girl or a guy. Why? Because they, they will change. The girl or guy that you like will change because their love is conditional. Their acceptance is conditional. They're not like God. And it will be shaken. Even your husband or wife eventually. You cannot base your identity in your husband or wife. You know what? Because you might have an argument. And if your identity is based in your husband or wife and that alone when you have an argument you're going to fall apart you're going to be a wreck you're going to be a mess why? because your self-worth or self-value is based in that it has to be in God and God alone can I say that? it has to be in God and God alone why? because God is unshakable His love for you is unconditional His acceptance of you is unconditional that's why if you want to be somebody who knows who they are you got to base your identity in him and him alone you got to base your identity of who you are in Jesus you know people will try to cover up who they are by the clothes they wear did you know that people will try to cover up their lack of knowing who they are by what they wear how many know that how many have friends like that how many know people like that you know, a lot of time the people that are dressing in all black and goth and everybody's like, oh my gosh, they're so scary. And most of the time, actually I say majority of the time, you know what the problem is? It's not a satanic problem. It's not they worship Satan every day of their life. It's an identity problem. 
they don't know who they are so they're wearing that clothes because that's where they get their self-worth or self-value from and they know that they'll stand out and get people's attention if they wear clothes like that did you know that so you never need to look at those people and be like what is their problem I mean they're Satan worshipers I need to leave them alone no actually they're insecure and they have an identity problem because their identity is not in God it's in what they wear it's in who think who people think they are so that's why they wear those clothes you know there's a lot of a lot of young ladies I'm going to talk to young ladies for a second a lot of young ladies will wear inappropriate clothing why it's not because they're more confident than you are it's not like oh my gosh they just know they're hot they're so confident they're 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 so awesome no actually they're insecure that's why they're dressing like that and they have identity problem you wouldn't have to dress like that if you know who you are because you realize the right guy looking for you is not going to base everything he knows about you on the way you look in a miniskirt or the way you look with a low-cut top where he can see everything. No, he bases what he, he sees and knows about you for who you are on the inside, not who you are on the outside. And so some of you young ladies that feel like you've got to dress a certain way to please somebody, if you dress like that, you'll get somebody, but he's not going to be the right somebody. And let's get to the root of it. It's not because you're more confident or you're just hot so you get to wear these clothes. No, you're insecure. That's why you're wearing those clothes. And you get your identity from people looking at you. So the more guys at school that talk about you and look at at you and lust after you, that's where you get your value and your worth from and not from God. Because you wouldn't have to dress like that if you got your identity from God and God alone. I'm preaching tonight. I don't know if you're listening. So people will try to cover up who they are or who the lack of knowing who they are by their clothes. Some people will do it by the actions they take. You know, we all know a show called, I'm not going to say the whole word because it's inappropriate, but Jack, you'll finish that. Starts with an A. Other word for behind. It's in the Bible. It's another word for a donkey. Let's just leave it at that. How many know that show? Raise your hand. Don't act like you're sanctified in here raise your hand because you know it some of you saw the movie too and it wasn't right what'd you say he said Beanie has it that's what he said over there you know you know the people in in, in Jack A what's, what's going on over there okay we'll let that go you know the people in that show they do those stunts not because they're cool not because they're creative it's because they're insecure how many know if you know anything about those guys from that show they're all severely uh, (laughs) what's a nice way to use this severely got mental issues and a lot of them are on drugs and I'm not just saying that no they're on drugs and a lot of them have been to rehab and back why because they got an identity issue and we know, uh, how many know Ryan Dunn? He, he was in, in that show. And he ended up dying in a car crash because he was drunk. Why was he driving like 140 miles an hour in a Lamborghini at nighttime? Because he has an identity issue. You know, 
people like that and there's more shows than just that show but they do crazy stunts and they hurt each other and they do stuff that's really not funny once you think about it because people really get hurt and things really get messed up it's an identity problem some people are like oh my gosh those guys are so confident they're so awesome I want to be like Johnny Knoxville and those guys no you don't the reason they act the way they act is because they're insecure and they're looking for attention so if I do something really dumb and really stupid and put it on TV I will get people's attention what are they looking for they're looking for who they are so because of their insecurity and lack of acceptance they turn to things like doing, doing actions to themselves and other people that are harmful and people will do that why because they don't know who they are they got an identity issue you know people that cut others down and always talk bad about others always got something negative to say you know what that is it's your insecure if you always got to talk bad about everybody else you're the one with the problem not them the only reason you're talking bad about somebody else is because you're insecure about yourself you wouldn't have to cut anybody down ever when you know who you are in God why because God is big enough to take care of them and you you don't need to help them Okay, so if you're cutting people down, it's not because you're cool or you're funny or you just got good jokes. No, it's because you're insecure and you don't know who you are. So since you don't know who you are, you're picking on everybody else. Why? Because if you feel like if you get enough laughs from everybody else, then you have your self-worth or your self-value. And you really don't know who you are. Number one tonight, if you're taking notes. Well, let's read. Let's read the scripture before I... Share number one. We're going to have two points tonight we're going to talk about, and then we're going to go have a cookout. My, my. You guys get anything so far? 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 10. Paul speaking says, But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, notice his grace towards me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than them all, yet not I but the grace of God which was, it, which was with me but the first part of that in verse 10 says but by the grace of God I am what I am so number one if you want to really know who you are and not just your name not just who your parents tell you you are not who your friends tell you are because they, not, they might not be right in what they're saying but if you really want to know who you are number one you got to realize this. You are not what others say you are. You're what God says you are. Number one, I'm going to repeat that. You are not what others say you are. You are what God says you are. You know, if you don't know what God says you are, you'll end up believing what others say about you. Whether right, wrong, or indifferent, you will end up believing, and most of the time it's lies about yourself because you're receiving who you are from other people. And realize this, you are not what others say you are. You're who God says you are. And that has to be where you base your identity, your self-worth, your self-value. That has to be the bottom and the core of who you really are is what God says you are, not what other people say you are. Because that's who you really are. If you don't know 
what God says about you, you will believe what others say about you. You got to realize this. The Word of God is the only place that you can get the information on who you really are. The Bible that you have sitting in front of you is the only place that can really tell you who you are. Not your teachers, not even your family, not your friends, not your co-workers. The Word of God is the only thing that can really tell you who you are. Why? Because you got to realize this. The Word of God is true in every man a liar. And we got to stop taking people's word for it and start taking God's word for it. Some of you honor your parents more than you honor God. So whether your parents are right or wrong, whatever they say about you, you just believe. So some of you, your parents said, you're not smart. You're not gifted. You were an accident. You weren't supposed to be here. And they cut you down. You're not who your parents say you are. You're who God says you are. Some of your friends talk junk to you and say, you know what, you're just not pretty like everybody else. You're just not gifted like everybody else. You don't have the same qualities that other people have. You know, you've got a problem. You need to fix this. You're too short. You're too fat. You're too skinny. You're too this. You're not who other people say you are. You're who God says you are. You need to realize that. Why? Because God is true. The Word of God says that. Let God be true and every man a liar. Realize you're not who other people say you are. You're who God says you are. Now, if they're speaking God's word over your life, then believe what they say. But if they're not, don't take what they say. So the Bible, God's word must be where you get from God who you are. Can I tell you a couple things that the word of God says about you, who you really are? Not who you might be not who you're going to be. This is who you are right now. And you need to read the Word of God like that. This is who I am right now. Not who I'm going to be years from now when I get older. Not who I'm going to be when I get to heaven. Not, not in the future, in the sweet by and by, I'm going to be this. No, this is who God says you are right now. At a young age, this is who you are. Not because of you, but because what Jesus has done for you. That's who you are. All these things I'm about to read, it's not because you did everything right. It's not because you're perfect. But when you accepted Jesus, you get what He gets. And it's because what He has done for you. And when you accept Him, you get everything He has. You've got to see yourself of who you are now in Christ. Not who you used to be, but who you are now in Christ. Because that is who you really are. Are you getting anything tonight? This is who you are. The Word of God says, you young men, you're a man of God. You're not just a punk kid. You're not just a jerk. You're not just an adolescent, a teenager. You're a man of God, so start acting like it. It says in the Word of God, you're a woman of God. The Word of God says this about you, you're righteous. You're not going to be righteous, you are righteous. That means you're right with God right now. You don't have to wait to get right with God. If you accept what Jesus has done for you and He's your Lord and Savior, you're right with God right now. And nothing you can do can change that. Whether you live right or not, you're still righteous because God sees you in Christ, in Jesus, in His finished work, and not yours. 
So the Word of God says you're righteous. The Word of God says you're healed. Do you realize that? You're healed right now. Whether you got symptoms in your body or not, the Word of God says, I am healed. Now, I, I, I'm going to be healed in heaven. No, there's no sickness there. You're healed right now. The Word of God says you're free. The Word of God says you're free. Realize that. From anything in your life that has been trying to hold you down or hold you back, you're free. You're free, so stop, stop, stop going back to those things and acting like they got control over you. They don't, because God says you're free. God says you're liberated. You're no longer in bondage. You're free from sin. You're free from addiction. You know, one of the most important things you need to realize is you're loved. God says you're loved. Whether anybody else on the planet loves you or not, it doesn't matter if God loves you. Why? Because his love is greater than all the love you could ever receive on earth. And his love is not conditional like us humans' love is conditional. His love is unconditional and it's everlasting. And the word of God says you're accepted. You got to realize that. You're accepted. Right now. Not stop smoking, then you'll get accepted. No, God doesn't say that. God says you're accepted. And the reality of knowing that you're accepted by God will push you and it'll be the fuel for you to stop sinning, not vice versa. God doesn't say, clean up your life, then you can get accepted. No, God accepts you and that acceptance fuels you to overcome sin. God says you're accepted. God doesn't say, stop sleeping around, then I'll accept you. God doesn't say, stop cussing, then I'll accept you. God doesn't say, stop drinking, then I'll accept you. No, He accepts you for who you are. And God's acceptance, like I said, it fuels you and propels you to overcome sin. The Word of God says that you are a child of God. You're God's own child. You're, you're not a slave. You're not just a friend of God. You're a son and daughter of God. How many of those sons and daughters have different privileges than slaves do? Sons and daughters even have different privileges than friends do. If you're a son and daughter in the house, you have a lot more privileges to do what you want in the house even than a friend of the family. You've got to realize that that's your relationship with God. He's your father and you are his child. And everything he has, guess what, is yours. Why? Because you're a child of God. So everything up in that house is yours. Every bedroom, the refrigerator, the pool in the backyard, everything belongs to you. Why? Because you're a child of God. Not just a friend, not a slave, not a servant, but a child of God. That's what God's Word says about you. I don't know if you're getting anything tonight, but I'm preaching 110 times better than you're responding here. This is going to help you. You need to realize you're not what others say you are. You're what God says you are. I love this. The Word of God doesn't say, this is who you are if. No, it says, if you've accepted Jesus, this is who you are. It's not like, this is who you are if you grew up in a household with two parents. No. This is who you are if you've lived a perfect life. No. It doesn't say, this is who you are if you're this height, no. It just says this is who you are because why? This is what Jesus made you to be. 
Let's look over at Luke 3. Luke 3. I appreciate you guys coming out tonight. Luke 3. got a couple more parts here and then we're going to go break bread together have some burgers and hot dogs Hosh you down for that I'll even give you two cheeseburgers tonight sir for your outfit so Luke 2 or Luke 3 my bad Luke 3 you got to realize this about Jesus how many know Jesus is our example is that right are we supposed to follow Jesus in everything he did and said? Well, how did Jesus, when he was on earth, how did he operate? How did he relate to God, the Father? Well, there's a, there's a verse that I wanted to share with you guys that went right along with this. It's uh, Luke 3 and verse 21. It says, When all the people were baptized, it came to pass Jesus was also baptized. And while he prayed, the heavens were opened. Verse 22, And notice the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And notice a voice came from heaven. That was God the Father speaking. A voice came from heaven and said, You are, notice, you are, not you're going to be, you are my beloved son. In you I am well pleased. Notice that. The father said to his son, You are my beloved son, and you I am well pleased. You got to realize what fueled Jesus on the earth. You know, Jesus, yeah, he was son of God, but he also was son of man. And he had feelings, he had emotions, he went through things just like we did, and just like we're going to in our life. And notice what got him through. The difficult times, the hard times, even all the way to the cross and beyond when he resurrected, was knowing who he was. Are you hearing me tonight? Was knowing who he was. If you read the Gospels, Jesus is always telling everybody who he is. Are you with me? And that's what helped Jesus accomplish what he had on the earth. Yeah, he was son of God, but he also was a man. And he knew to accomplish what God has called me to accomplish, I'm going to have to know who I am. And I'm going to have to say who I am. And I'm not going to just say what others say I am. i got to say what my father says I am. How I many know oh, they called Jesus a lot of things? They called him a lunatic. They called him a teacher. They called him just another just random guy who's trying to take over. No, he had to say not what others said he was, but who his father said he was. And who his father said he was, was the son of God. And who his father said he was, was the Messiah. And who his father said he was, was his beloved son. And who his father said he was, was well-pleasing and favorable in his sight. And that's what got him to the cross and through the cross and resurrected on the third day is because Jesus knew who he was. And Jesus didn't let everybody else tell him who he was. No, he said, Father, who do you say I am? And whatever the Father said, he repeated it because that was the key to him finishing what God had called him to do. Are you hearing me? And notice, 
the father said this to his son Jesus before he did anything this is before he did miracles this is before he did signs and wonders this is before he raised anybody from the dead notice what God said you are my beloved son and you I am well pleased that was before he did anything he didn't do anything to deserve that but the father said and you I am well pleased and you are my beloved son why did God say that to him because he, he knew he had to tell him who he was before he started his ministry he had to realize son you're favored you're called you're chosen to fulfill what I've called you to do in, in you I am well pleased notice before he did anything that's why you got to realize this it's not based on your performance what, what God says you are it's not based on what you do or what you don't do with what God says you are it's because he makes you that so you got to realize this Jesus yeah he was God's beloved son and the father was well pleased but when Jesus finished the work when we accept what Jesus did you need to wake up and hear those words from the father saying that to you whoever you are in here God is not mad at you and God says over your life you are my child and I'm well pleased in you whether you act like it or not you are his child and he's well pleased with you that will change the way you live your life knowing every day I am God's child and God is well pleased with me why? because of what Jesus has done that's why he's well pleased with me so notice you're not what others say you are you're what God says you are number two if you want to figure out who you are first of all you got to realize you're not what others say you are you're what God says you are but number two don't compare yourself to others. Don't compare yourself to others. Let's look over at 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel 17. First Samuel 17, and we're going to start in verse 42. You've got to realize this. If you're going to be secure in who you are in Christ... If you're going to be secure in your identity and your self-worth and self-value, you can't compare yourself to everybody else all the time. You can't do it. You're going to be emo believer. Let me bring that up again. You're going to be emo believer up and down all the time. Why? Because it's either going to be positive or negative. If you compare yourself to everybody, you're either going to be in pride or depression. Why? Because... There's always going to be somebody better than you at something. And there's always going to be somebody worse. That's why you don't need to compare yourself with others. Why? Because you end up looking down on the people you think you're better than in. So you're in pride, which is sin. And then the, the people that you think that are just so much more gifted, so much more talented. You end up being in depression or despair. Because you think they're so much better than you are. So either one is bad, positive or negative pride or depression they're both bad so you don't need to compare yourself with everybody else why because you have your own unique custom plan that God has given you you have your own unique gifts that God has given you and nobody else you got to realize there is no other Justin Taylor on the planet there will never be there is no other Amzie Bach on the planet 
there's no no other person like you on the planet. You got to realize that you're unique in every way. And don't look at that as a bad thing. Look at that as a thing that God has planned out a unique custom plan for you and it's something special. So don't compare yourself with everybody else. Why? Because they they got their thing that God gave them. But you also have something that God gave you. But in 1 Samuel 17, in verse 42, it says, And when the Philistines looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was only a youth and good-looking. So the Philistines said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And notice, jump down to verse 45. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with the sword and with the spear. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. You've got to realize this about David. David, we all know David was a man after God's own heart, but when David was anointed and chosen by God, he was the youngest of all his brothers. And when God came to anoint him through the prophet, the prophet overlooked him and was looking at the oldest brothers, the more handsome brothers, the more talented brothers than maybe him. And he was the last one. And it says in the word of God, his father, Jesse, didn't even bring him into the house to say, this could possibly be the guy you're looking for. Even his own father neglected him. And he was out there watching sheep doing what God had called him to do and notice when the prophet saw David when he was young he was a young man said he was good looking, amen the prophet anointed David to be king even when some of his brothers who seemingly in the natural they were better looking, more talented they looked more like a king than David did they were older they maybe had more wisdom but notice God called David to be the king and David the reason he was promoted is because he had a revelation of who he was he didn't care that he was the youngest he didn't care that he was overlooked by his father and sometimes his brothers because he knew who God says he was and God said he was a king other people just saw him as just a little sheep boy, a sheep herder. You know, he's just my little punk brother. But he realized what God said he was, and God said he was a king. And notice when he comes to the battle, and he wasn't even supposed to be at this battle, and we all know the story of David and Goliath, that's what we're reading here, is when he came to the battle, all the armies of Israel, even his his brothers that thought they were tough, they were bad, and they should have been king, were hiding from Goliath. And David, the youngest brother, the brother overlooked, that God anointed, and he was a man who knew who he was. He knew who he was. And he knew God called him to be a king. And notice he said to his brothers, he said, are you going to let Goliath talk to you like that? Are you going to let Goliath talk to our God like that? And notice his brothers didn't even have a problem with it. Because they didn't know who they were. 
But David knew who he was, and more importantly, he, he knew who his God was, and that his God was for him, and his God was his protector, and that his God was greater than any of these so-called gods that the Philistines were worshiping. And he knew who he was, and that's why he says here, I didn't come with a, a spear or a sword or this and that. I came to you in the name of the Lord. What's he saying here? I didn't come here in my own strength on who everybody else says I was. I came here on who God says I was. And I come here in the name of God. Because I know who I am. And I know who I'm serving. And I come to you in the name of the, the, the Lord. That's the revelation that he had that made him beat Goliath. His other brothers didn't have that revelation. That's why they were hiding in their tents the whole time. And notice somebody who... Sh David should have never beat Goliath. I don't know if you realize that. He should never beat Goliath. But how did he do that? Because he knew who he was. And he knew that God was on his side. Something about this that goes about comparing yourself to one another. Is you got to realize others will try to put their own opinions... Or their own armor on you to tell you who you are. But you've got to say, no, this is who God has called me to be. Because you know what happened when, when David decided to fight Goliath? Saul, the king of that time, said, hey, you need to take my armor, go out there and, and face him. Take my armor. You know, if you're going to go out there, David, I, I don't really think you're going to win, but at least wear my armor out there. And David said, I can't wear your armor. Why? Because it doesn't fit me. And notice, God didn't anoint that armor. God anointed that shepherd boy. And he couldn't base who he was on what everybody else told him he should be, and even the king's opinion of who he should be, or his brothers, or his father. Why? Because God didn't anoint that armor for him. He anointed a sling and a stone for him. You got to realize that people will try to sway you to their opinion or their armor. But notice God didn't anoint that for you. I put down here, you need to stop fighting who God's made you to be. Stop fighting who God's made you to be. Stop thinking that if I just had this, or if I just was this height, or if I had this gift or my hair looked like this. No, God made you the way you are for a reason. And the Word of God says you were fearfully and wonderfully made. He doesn't make mistakes. You know, lastly here, Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. But if you know anything about Paul, Paul was not like the perfect believer. A lot of us read this and we think that all the disciples were absolutely perfect and they never cussed and they never made a mistake. Paul killed people. I don't know if you know that. Paul killed people before he became a Christian and that's when his name was Saul. I don't think any of you have murdered anybody in here that I know of. That I know of. Beanie, he, he left somewhere but he's the only one that I kind of have questions about with his Italian mob connections he has. But realize this, Paul 
wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. And he used to be Saul. He used to persecute Christians. He used to kill Christians. How could somebody like that really get comfortable with who they are now? How could that happen? I feel like if you were that person, if I was that person, you'd feel guilty, condemned, and less than everybody else the rest of your life. But you'll, you'll hear that in Paul's letter. For a while, he did feel like that. But eventually, he got a hold of the message of who he was now in Christ. And that's why he says, I am what I am by the grace of God. Nothing more, nothing less. I am what I am by the grace of God. And it doesn't matter who I used to be because that old person is gone. you got to hear me tonight, young people. Who you used to be doesn't matter. It's gone. Leave it alone. God doesn't remember, so why do you keep bringing it up? Who you used to be does not matter anymore. All that matters is you are what you are by the grace of God now. And your past is not an issue anymore. You've got to realize who you are now in Christ, in Jesus, in His finished work. Because that's who you really are. Realize what, who God says you are, not other people. Not even what your past tries to tell you you are. Because sometimes your past will come up in your mind and say, no, no, you used to like this kind of stuff, didn't you? Why don't you go back to that? No, that's not who I am anymore. Your past will say, you know, you used to do this and this and try to make you feel guilty or condemned. No, I'm not that person anymore. So past, you can shut up because I am no longer that person. I'm what God says I am now. Because I'm in Christ. Because I'm in Jesus in His finished work. How did he get comfortable? How did the Apostle Paul end up writing two-thirds of the New Testament and did some of the most amazing stuff that we still read about 2,000 years later? He found out who he was in Christ. Not who he used to be, but who he was now in Christ. His past did not make a difference anymore. The person he used to be did not make a difference anymore. And we know this even in the book of Philippians. He says, you know, in the past, I had some really good things I could boast about. You know, I, I did this and this and this, but then I also did these bad things. And he said, all of those things, even the good things in my past, I forget about them. It's one thing to just forget about the bad things that used to happen, but even those good things that you've tried to carry on, pride that you did this and, and, and it was your talent and your ability, even those things, he says, I count as dung compared to what I am now in Christ. He had to come to the place, I am what I am by the grace of God. So realize, number one, you're not who others say you are, you're who God says you are. And number two, don't compare yourself to others because I tell you, that's going to be a sick cycle for the rest of your life that I said you're either going to be in two places, in pride because you think you're better than everybody else or in depression because you look at everybody else that you think is better than you. And it'll be a crazy way to live instead of just focusing on who you are in Christ and who He has made you to be and get your identity from that. Why? Because that doesn't change. All the rest of these things change, but who you are in God does not change. That's why we need to base everything we are about who we are now in Christ. The Word of God says He's an anchor 
to us. Why does he say he's an anchor? Because the wind and the waves can be blowing, but if the boat is anchored, it's not going anywhere. It's not moving. That's why we base everything we are on Jesus and his finished work and not our performance. Because if you do, you'll be an emo, crazy, up-and-down believer. But if you base everything you are in Jesus and his finished work, you will be the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you'll go from faith to faith and from glory to glory. So realize that you are who God says you are. That's who you are. And you are who you are by the grace of God. Do you guys get anything tonight? I appreciate you guys coming. Can you stand up with me here?